Give me a winner. Let's get right into it. Greg just got deep sixed. Now, listen, I, I think a lot of times you look at these active teams in the big hall and you say, oh, they're the winner. And then two years later, it looks like hot garbage. So with, with the you're supposed to be the rainbow also, guy with the asterisks that I want to see if this works out. I do think the Browns are a winner because they got out ahead of getting the veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor that I think is a better solution than A.J. McCarron or fill-in-the-blank. They were never going to get Kirk Cousins. Now you're going to go draft someone with the number one pick, it seems, and he doesn't have to start right away, and I think that's a great thing for Cleveland, not to be forced to put a rookie out there. Carlos Hyde, to me, is uh, as good of a back as Isaiah Crowell is, and they got Jarvis Landry. These are three productive players, which is something that their offense was missing last year. Breaking news, Browns uh, get Mark excited in the offseason. New development. They did. This is not free agency. They do lose Joe Thomas, which is not insubstantial, but uh, still unsubstantial. They, that's a major loss. And you'll yeah. never find a left tackle like him ever again. I mean, it's crazy to think of the quarterbacks that they've been running out there last year, and now they're going to have Tyrod Taylor, who is a legitimate NFL starter and, oh, by the way, the number one overall pick in the draft, most likely. How about another winner, Chris Wesley? Well, this time of year, we usually give way too much credit to teams who sign big names without the big games. I'll go a little bit off the radar here. The Chargers, by virtue of what else is happening in that division. Oh, wow. The Chiefs get worse by trading an MVP candidate at quarterback and overhauling a defense. They're starting almost at ground zero. You're not excited for the Pat Mahomes era? I am, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a better team. I think he'll have growing pains like most young quarterbacks, and the Chiefs will take a step back. The Raiders still have a horrendous defense. I'm not convinced on anything that John Gruden's doing on offense either. And the Broncos didn't get their guy at quarterback. Their players have been talking about going out and getting Kirk Cousins to put them over the hump. Instead, they signed a career backup at quarterback. I think the Chargers have one of the strongest rosters in the AFC and should be the clear favorites in that division. They did, they did pick up Mike Pouncey, too. Makes their offensive line better. Maybe not more likable, but better. Um, I trust Andy Reid. One thing, Pat Mahomes maybe will be growing growing pains, but I got a feeling their, their decision to ship out Alex Smith at his height means they really even, think he's going to step into the job and thrive. That's great, but even then, Alex Smith was a legitimate MVP candidate. Okay. You're taking a step back. All, all I'd say, though, is it's funny that we're how far we've come in one year. Last year at this time, we were talking about the AFC West as the best division in football, and I couldn't agree more about the Broncos. I am not on the John Gruden train at all. I have major issues with that team and how they're being built. The Chiefs, to me, are still a playoff team, and I think Patrick Mahomes, I'm almost more excited to watch the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I'm definitely more excited. I just don't expect them to be I'll, as good of a team as I I'll move it over to the NFC. For the first time in a long time, this is a good fan base and a historic franchise in the NFL. The Chicago Bears, they're big winners, I think, right now. And there's something to be excited about because it's a little bit cliche at this point to be like, oh, yeah, they're they're copying the Rams' blueprint. Well, they kind of are. They got the offensive-minded head coach. They got the young quarterback in place. And now what they're doing, they're building weapons around him, just like the Rams did with Jared Goff. And now you have Allen Robinson, who's a true number one wide receiver. I believe he's going to come back strong. Trey Burton, the man we know, of course, from the Philly special, but a, a move tight end, Greg an athletic move tight end who can make things happen. Taylor Gabriel, another guy that can make plays. So now you're not just throwing Trubisky out there with a, a bad offense, and you know they have a good running game too. Uh, you have a good offensive mind behind the show. The Bears could actually make a move here. We're all we're all winners because the Bears are going to be more watchable. They'll just be more fun. I mean, the Rams, I think they're kind of copying the Chiefs model. The Titans are going that way. It's like throw the ball a lot, spread it out. Have some fun. I mean, if you look at teams where the offensive side of the ball has been a snooze fest, 
for a long, long time. Chicago is at the top of that list. I'm not a Jay Cutler guy. I know you are, but the Jay Cutler era was hyper dull. <laughs> well, that was a while ago. It was ago. hyper dull, that and then you've gotten nothing since. No, you're right. John Fox-led teams. They This change is exciting. That entire division is looking different. What What is more kind of new NFL than Jeff Fisher and John Fox getting replaced by offense first, spread the ball around, and that's why one of my winners – is the Los Angeles Rams. They had the offense really taken care of last year. Defense made some strides, but they did the best moves in free agency before free agency ever start and put together the old Smothers Brothers. Have you heard about this one? No. I have not the heard about Smothers. the Smothers Brothers. The Smothers Brothers. It's back. Los Angeles. Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, and you got Marcus Peters at such a low contract. Maybe the cheapest great pickup in the entire offseason. Smothers Brothers? That's what they called themselves. Or Lock Angeles. Ooh, I like Ooh, Lock Angeles, too. That's, that's good. That's also good. brought back Nicole Roby Coleman, who is a good nickelback. It's like it's a really good-looking secondary. How about the most expensive uh, shopping in free agency? The Minnesota Vikings can't leave them out because I like what they're doing here. They're not uh, – too often teams that get close say, oh, let's just bring back the same team next year, and we will get over the hump. No. They realize let's get out on Case Keenum and let John Elway talk himself into Case having another big year. They shelled out the money that they needed to to bring in Kirk Cousins, and I think he will be a positive. And then on the defensive side of the ball, an already strong uh, front seven got a lot better with Sheldon Richardson, and you didn't have to shell out big money to get him a prove-it deal worth one year and $7 million. So you're going to get the best of Sheldon Richardson, in my opinion, and I think that will make a big difference. They are noticeably better at quarterback. They're better at three-technique def- defensive tackle. And they're better in the backfield. Dalvin Cook coming back. Ooh. I also like, because you might need him for a couple games, to get Trevor Simeon for very little as your I backup like quarterback. Too. We, I mean, the last couple seasons tell you if you don't have a reliable backup, if, even if you're a Super Bowl contender, it could be curtains. Plus, you have a great matchup. Uh, likely in week one for that kickoff special. Do it again. Vikings, Eagles, Thursday night. Come on, NFL. Good uh, curtains ref in 2018. Curtains, baby. I like it. Um, You wanted to bring up a positional group, Greg. I say the winners of free agency, unproductive wide receivers, guys who didn't (laughs) get a lot of yardage in 2018. Sammy Watkins didn't get over 600 yards. Paid as one of the top uh, wide receivers in the game. Dante Moncrief didn't really do much last year. Almost $10 million. Albert Wilson uh, is another name. Marquise Lee. All these guys. Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson, who have barely gotten about 2,000 yards in four-year careers, and they're getting paid. Yeah, and I think one reason that's happening is because people are looking at the draft in the first round and saying there may not even be a first-round wide out unless someone wanted to reach for one. So these guys, you got to get them now, and they're getting overpaid. All right, Greg, this is what you've been waiting for. Gloom and doom, the losers of the first week of free agency, and uh, you get us going there. I'll start with Teddy Bridgewater. I I hate putting him on this list because I'm a fan and I want to see him do well, but I think this was a bad spot for him. He didn't get the contract any one of us expected, or I think he probably expected $500,000 guaranteed and very likely is going to be the number three quarterback behind Josh McCown and a rookie to be named later. If he it's even a makes bad it spot. To, uh, week one. It's a bad spot. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The Miami Dolphins are my loser. Mm. It's Groundhog Day every March. They just take out last year's trash or the previous two years' free agency trash and bring in some big names who don't have the game that match their name. And Danny Amendola, he's an injury-prone guy who does his best work in January. You're not counting on him to play 16 games at full snaps. You're overpaying a slot receiver who's best on a Super Bowl contender. Albert Wilson, great role player. 
But you lost in Dominican Sue and Jarvis Landry. You lose your best offensive and defensive player, mm. and you're telling your fans, yeah, get ready for another 6-10, and 7-9 and nine season in an endless string of 6-10, and 7-9. Right. Nine I think it's impossible to tell people who are interested in the fate of the Dolphins, here's the plan. Like, you don't want to be 10, 12 days into free agency, have everyone completely mystified with what you've done. There's no clear logic to what's happened other than we've simply replaced better players with ones who are not as good as they are. A loser, Mark. For me, it's the Seahawks, and I think the Seahawks do have a plan where they're trying to re-kick off a new era, and that does mean getting rid of some players that are our names, but you lost Paul Richardson, Sheldon Richardson, Michael Bennett, Jimmy Graham, and Richard Sherman. You signed Ted, Ed Dixon and Barkevius Mingo. I just I think there's a lot to look at in that division. I like that Mingo signing. I'm yeah, just well, trying to get a Browns go. fan bad. I'm Put sorry. that back in the, in the winner yeah. category. They love those like busted first round picks. That's kind of what the Seattle they do. Did. They cling to those. I just I look at Seattle and I say, how do you tell anyone you're going to be they're, a better team this next? They're season? an NFC West team in, in transition, just like the next loser for me, the Arizona Cardinals, who listen. Sam Bradford's been getting overpaid his whole life, so you can't come down hard on the Cardinals for giving him 20 million. But still, you got to count on this guy to stay on the field if you want to have any chance of relevance this season. And if it doesn't work out, you brought up Mike Lennon, who's a fine backup. But did Larry Fitzgerald sign up for one more season to have Mike Lennon thrown up to him for 10 weeks? You hope it doesn't play out that way. But we have no evidence that Sam Bradford, who last time we saw him, mind you, limped off the field, didn't even suffer an injury. It was just like, oh, my knee's not better yet for my mysterious week one injury. And you gave him $20 million. And then I think one of the uh, the stomach punch losses for a fan base in recent memory for me in free agency was not being able to keep Honey Badger. Letting him out the door. He signs a one-year deal with the Texans, uh, who to me makes the Texans a winner. But I think for the Cardinals and their fans, it's it's a tough time of transition and you're losing the face of the, that defense. Don't you see them as a team? And I maybe Mike Glennon, this happened to him last year, could ultimately wind up maybe not even being on this team. If they traded up for a quarterback, they're still a candidate to go get one of the rookies. Now it's getting crowded up there. It's, it's going to get hard to do they that. They need but. a lot, though. And you're right. Maybe they will be able to do that. But I, I didn't mind the Bradford signing. I but, like the Bradford signing. But he's just not in a position to have success because who's his number two receiver behind Larry Fitzgerald? Who knows? I mean, who's their offensive David lineman? Boston. You know, could who, be Jordan Matthews in the next few weeks. <laughs> right. I mean, who knows? It's guys to be named later. Rob Wine, and it's just a tough spot. I, I couldn't agree with Dan. Greg, Moore. I will go with the Buffalo Bills. I can just you know smell the tweets coming at me from Bills Nation because they get after you. By the way, they defended Doug Whaley in every single choice he ever made mm. for about five. Greg goes years. off on a side path here. <laughs> All right, like we see you, Bills Mafia. I don't care. AJ McCarron, that's fine. You didn't want to pay for Sam Bradford. I get it. But giving fifty million dollars to Star Lotalele. That's correct. And Trent Murphy getting a huge contract coming off a PED suspension and a torn ACL were just moves that kind of thinking. Okay, what what's going on here? Really paying a lot of money to some big red flag guys, and the the offense to me is just they're starting from scratch, and it's going to be really tough for that offense to move. Does all of that get wiped away if they're the trade bundle that they have all these picks? If they finally get up into the top five somehow, get a quarterback that works, at, the front office will be there for years. Not if not if Star and their defensive moves don't pan out because they're trying to be a defense first team and they're spending like. This year's a wash for the Bills, and I think they know. That's fair. It's all about what happens in the future once Tom Brady's retired. Open up a window there in the, in the AFC East. You know, I love uh, taking little shots at Johnny Elway, who once upon a time had a spotless <laughs> record do? as a front office executive. Uh, but it's been a little tougher in the last couple of years, and alluded to it during the winner's conversation. 
I don't believe him when he when he says I'm I'm pumped about Case Keenum. I'm sure now he's talked himself into it, but I think he probably really wanted Kirk Cousins, and now he's realizing that he's gotta he's gotta get behind Keenum and and being able to follow up that out of nowhere season. And you look spin ahead to the draft. I know we're focused on free agency. The quarterback he might not get the quarterback he wants for the future. So now it's like Keenum or bust, and is like, are you feeling great about that? I don't know. They're supposed to be prying open a Super Bowl window, and it feels like they're living in purgatory. Mm. And I was really surprised when we saw the details of Keenum's contract that it's really a true two-year deal. He's got a lot of guaranteed money into the second year. So you're right. It's Keenum for a while, and Elway has to fix the offensive line, which he has shown that he hasn't been able to do for the last four or five Everyone years. counted on Elway being the guy that could pull Kirk Cousins away from Minnesota or the Jets. And in the end, they didn't even go after him at all. Like, they went with plan B from the start. I still think they can get a quarterback at number five. If wide receivers are a big winner in free agency. Safeties are their counterpart as a loser. Proven safeties, you'll hear a lot of NFL guys say, hey, safeties have not lost their value in the league. They're still very important. They cover all these new athletic running backs coming out of the backfield, tight ends. But what they're seeing is the ones in college are better than the ones already in the NFL. This is a strong draft class for safeties. So I think they're saying we'd we'd rather go that route and draft a safety than sign one. Winners, losers, we've covered it all. And just to make it clear, when we call someone a loser, it's not like a put-down. It's just more, in this business of football, they lost.